We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast brought to you by FantasyDraft.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Thursday NFL GPP ownership percentages and the Saturday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11, and you can find him over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Benicio, are you ready for the combo show, sir? Oh, I'm always ready for the combo show. Get to talk NFL and NBA. Nothing could be better. Yes, we are the Deion Sanders, the Bo Jacksons, the um, the Brian Jordans. Did you like that one? Brian Jordan, remember him as a, as a two-sport athlete way back in the day? Now, I could be wrong here, but I think Danny Ainge was actually drafted as a baseball player as well. He so was. He could be in that list. He was, and I think he actually played a little minor league ball for in the Toronto Blue Jays system. So you want to go old school? Fine, that's cool. We can be the Danny Anches of the of the DFS world here. We're gonna bring you the the baseball. Do we have the proper? We, we the only problem is um, there's no NBA NFL crossover guy, unfortunately, because those seasons kind of happen at the same time. Which mm-hmm. it would be badass though if somebody was like like Bo Jackson, you know, somebody other than Terrell Owens <laughs> tried to play some basketball. You know what I mean? Um, well, I, I mean, a lot of those, like, I think it would have to probably be like a wide receiver cornerback type because they're just so athletic that, I, oh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure some of those guys in pickup games are probably pretty nasty. You know who the one person who, like, legitimately, <clears throat> legitimately could actually make it happen in my mind, like right now, even still, maybe, is LeBron James. 
Uh, I always yeah. I've been dreaming and just praying for him. I was like, dude, just get sick of basketball one time and just play tight end for the cat for the yeah. for the Browns. Well, I know? was I was gonna say like even all those tight ends like the you know the Tony Gonzalez oh, yeah. was the first, but wasn't there like three or four other Antonio guys who Gates, were yeah you know who um, were Jordan you know, Cameron basketball played basketball at USC. Um, okay. Yeah, so there's a there's a there's a bunch of those guys. You're actually right too. But LeBron James was all state wide receiver in in Ohio, so he, he was an. And do uh, you ever remember him having that uh, contest where he was working out with uh, Kevin Durant, and they were play, they were you know f- doing doing the whole flag football thing, covering each other one on one. No, I, I didn't. Oh man, you got to see that video. LeBron James is um, it's it's an amazing little video. It's it, all it is is just like him, you know um torching Kevin Durant in coverage one-on-one and they're throwing deep balls, you know, to each other. And he's like catching 50 yard bombs and go- taking it to the house and stuff. You know, it's just yeah. a one-on-one drill, but it's very cool to yeah. watch. So yeah. Um, well, I know back in, um, back in high school, Randy Moss was actually the player of the year in West Virginia when he was in high school uh-huh. and he was the player of the year over his teammate, Jason Williams, who wound up being a, uh, the white Jason Williams who wound up being a, uh, yeah. you know, NBA player. Yeah. So, that's uh, like I said. There's probably a whole bunch of those guys that are just uber athletes. That if they would have decided, you know what, I don't feel like getting hit all that often. I'm just going to play basketball instead. You know, a couple of them probably could have wound up in the NBA if they would have concentrated on that instead. Here's an interesting fact too, and I'll and I'll stop here as in terms of delaying this podcast. Josh McCown <laughs> also almost quit um, playing college football in you know in the middle of his I guess somewhere in the middle of his college career to go walk on to the basketball team at his college uh, that's how much how hardcore of a basketball player he was and he was sort of like a you know um i guess athletic one or two who could shoot from outside and he played in some pickup games with you know like joe hayden and other browns players and he can still dunk uh, at age 35 36 so it's there there you go there's a little uh last piece of interesting nugget news people are like wow they're like josh mccown can actually ball he was like playing in a game and and dunking right next to anquan bolden and stuff like that it's pretty it was pretty pretty crazy to see the actual video all right let's go ahead and dive right in here benny the rotowire dfs podcast is available on itunes and stitcher so if you get a chance to rate or review us please go ahead and do so and don't forget to share and subscribe we're going to start here on the nfl side like we always do on the saturday combo show here oh, two quick quick pieces of notes here okay i uh, got some message on twitter about people complaining about our show and how we had, uh, you know, Rudy Gobert recommended as a top option, uh, you know, for the, I, I think, what, the Wednesday or the Thursday show and the news. And he got injured the previous night. Um, and, and, you know, obviously it was MCL sprain ruled out four to six weeks and stuff like that. And they're like, hey, you guys recommended Rudy Gobert. Do you guys know this guy's injured? Well, yes, we know, first of all. Okay, so it's not like we're sleeping and we want, it's not like we're trying to give you bad information. But those of you who are new to this podcast, and so I guess we're just every so often going to have to remind people, we record this show a day ahead of time and we're the only, one of the only people who do that so we give you almost like a day and a half worth of research time or our actual time to download stream listen to this show and get your research um set as soon as lineup lock is over that even before lineup lock is over for the um the previous day you can already listen to our analysis for the next day slate and we so, so we give you as much time as possible to catch this podcast not like other stuff where that people um other sites no disrespect to them that put their stuff out where you really only have a couple hours to, to download and listen to their information sure the information might be a little bit more current but we're able to reach more people and help more people with the way that we do things so that's the way that we do it um there is a chance 
chance that you're going to catch some people. You know, there's, you should be paying attention to the news anyway along the way as you're setting lineups because you know even with same day podcasts, the lineups can change and and injuries can happen and things get switched around. So it's never going to be mm-hmm. perfect, but I think we do uh, we serve a bit more people and and it's better overall this way in order for us to do this and it gives us some recording flexibility. So that's why we do it. Um, so just want to put that out there. Yeah, and you could also, you know, for everybody that's out there, if you just go over to RotoWire and you click on the injuries tab for whatever sport we're talking about, whether it's NFL or NBA, you know, they do a good job of throwing out those blurbs every day that'll kind of tell you, hey, Rudy Gobert, you know, got hurt and he's going to be out. Look at, you know, Booker or, well, even though the Booker thing didn't work out very well last night because he got hurt too, but... You know, look at Booker, look at Favors. Like, they, you know, they, they put those things out on the site. So just head over to the RotoWire site after you listen to this. And I actually just have that injuries page open all day long. And every once in a while, I'll just go and refresh it and see if there's any new news that comes up. Because when you're playing NBA DFS, the last-minute news, the, you know, starts and sits, the guys who are out, that's that's key information that you need. And, you know, like Josh said, that that's not stuff that we can tell you all the time a day and a half in advance because we don't know somebody could get hurt in their game tonight and we wouldn't know about it, right. you know, and uh, until tomorrow anyway. So you got to be, you know, the stuff that we're telling you, we're giving you the guys that make the most sense based on, you know, the numbers and the matchups and everything. But, you know, you do still have to do a little bit of your own homework and make sure that all these guys are playing and are going to be in the lineup and all. Yeah, it's an active and fluid process, and we're going to do the best we can to steer you in the right direction. And you just got to bring the other twenty-ish percent of it home with your own, you know, updates and stuff. And Rotowire definitely has you covered. Rotowire, by the way, with you know, just Benny, you mentioned this here um, with the breaking news. There's somebody covering breaking news for every sport for Rotowire for almost basically like twenty-four hours a day. There's like some small window. I used to be one of the guys who covered breaking news for NBA, so I know this. Like, there's like a three-hour window between like one a.m and 3 a.m. or something that that's like or 4 a.m. that's not covered in terms of like when everybody is supposed to be in bed basically so as long as somebody doesn't get into a fight on tmz at two in the morning you're gonna have basically 24 hours of worth of you know breaking news coverage on every single sport uh through rotowire.com so that is why you should be living there in terms of breaking news and stuff because they do it as good as anybody in the business all right, let's go ahead and kick, kick it off here with the Thursday ownership percentages for NFL here, Benny. Um, just some quick note of people who played in this contest and their ownership percentage. Calvin Johnson was 20% owned in GPPs. Eddie Lacy, did you see what happened to Eddie Lacy, by the way? Um, he, he, Eddie Lacy was a bad boy, apparently. Um, so for whatever happened, he got um, thrown in the doghouse, only ended up with six uh, – uh, touches overall five times for four yards you know the uh lions were playing great defense as it stands anyhow but um he basically got um shift shifted into a like th- third running back role somewhere in that game when you just saw mm-hmm. um john crockett an undrafted free agent just start getting some carries along with james starks so that was a bit surprising uh, and that probably burned a lot of people in gpps who or the 17 percent who played uh, Eddie Lacy on Thursday. Stafford come up with 15%. Cobb, 14.8. Rodgers at 10.7. And then after that, we're down in the 5% range with like James Jones, Golden Tate, Theo Riddick, 3.1% for Richard Rodgers. Congratulations to all those people and, and to the people who played Devontae Adams at 3%. So there's a little, little quick wrap um, yeah. of what people use on the, on the Thursday side. So let's go ahead and start at quarterbacks like we always do. Cam Newton, are you surprised at him at 18.8%? I'm actually thinking this is a little bit low. We'll probably see it reach 20% plus 
uh, you know, around game time uh, on Sunday. Your thoughts on some of these top options here and their ownership percentage at quarterback? Yeah, Cam uh, <clears throat> Cam was 18.8%, and you had 25% of the field was on a Thursday quarterback. So you got to figure that everybody here is probably going to get about a 25% increase, which should put Cam somewhere up in the 20 to 25% range. You know, especially because it's an easy swerve for people who were already paying up for Rodgers to make, um, you know, on their Sunday rosters. Just keep most of the roster the same, you know, sub out Rodgers, put in Cam, you know, get whatever extra Green Bay receiver you had in there, find somebody to put in there, and, and you're good to go. He's going up against New Orleans. He put up 32 fantasy points against New Orleans earlier in the season, and New Orleans is pretty much one of the worst teams in the league against the past that we've been picking on, so... I'm not surprised that he's up there. I'm probably not going to be using him in tournaments because he's going to be that high. But when you're looking at cash games, I mean, I don't usually like spending 9K on a cash game quarterback, but he, he's definitely viable. He definitely should have, you know, 250 plus total yards, should wind up with at least two touchdowns, if not more. You know, I mean, he, he, you can't. You can't knock him. I don't think there's any way that he's going to have a bad week this week. I think it's just a matter of does he have a good week or a great week. So if you like him, I completely understand that I'm not going to argue with anybody. A couple guys that did stand out to me, though, um, Ben Roethlisberger at 7% going up against that Indianapolis defense. Yes. We, um, we don't know about Vontae yet, if he's going to play or not. But even if he does, uh, Roethlisberger threw six touchdowns against Indianapolis last year, if I'm not mistaken. You got Martavius Bryant, who has a great matchup because wide receiver twos usually dominate against the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I do think Antonio Brown has a bounce back week as well. Um, not on the Marcus Wheaton train, but I think there's enough guys there that Roethlisberger could have a pretty good game. So at 7%, I think he's a little bit under-owned. I also, and this might be a little bit of a homer pick, but I also really like Ryan Fitzpatrick at 3%. I think it's not um, a homer pick, so I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's cheap. Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker are both looking really good. You know, if you look at Decker's game log, it's double digits, you know, fantasy points every game, has a touchdown in like every game but two, uh, six catches, 70 yards. You know, he's been solid. And Marshall, when Marshall's on, <clears throat> excuse me, Marshall's getting like six, seven, eight catches, 100 yards a game, coming down with a touchdown. So if you add all that stuff up right there, that's close to 200 yards and two touchdowns. You know, for a guy like Fitzpatrick, who's still pretty cheap in a lot of spots, 3% was his ownership right here. So he's somebody else I think you can look at. Um, I also don't hate Eli on the other side of that game, especially if Revis is out. You know, the Jets have been getting torched through the air lately with the, you know, secondary all banged up. Cromartie has actually been pretty horrendous so far this year on the other side. Uh, Marcus Williams, who was playing well, is hurt as well. So... You know, I guess Buster Scrine probably, you know, starts on the other side. I mean, I don't even know how they're going to go about that, but I don't hate Eli in this situation. I also think Ryan Tannehill is a little bit sneaky this week. He's, uh, you know, one of those sneaky low-owned guys that I'll probably have a little bit of exposure to. And then the guy who I think everybody's sleeping on is Tom Brady. Yes. You know, Brady, everyone's like, oh, well, what's he going to do? He doesn't have Gronk. He doesn't have Amendola. Well, you know what? He didn't have all those guys last week. He went up against a Denver defense that is – you know, what some people are considering close to like an all-time kind of great defense earlier in the season, and he still threw it for 280 and three touchdowns. So, I mean, I think it has more to do with the game plan and anything else with him. They're a passing team. They're going to throw the ball. He's going to find receivers to make plays. And, I mean, think about it. Other than Randy Moss when he was there, has he ever really had a big-time receiver? 
or is he one of those guys that kind of makes his receivers better and the system makes the receivers all better? Mm-hmm. So I still think that he's going to wind up having a pretty big game here. They are one of the biggest – well, they are the biggest favorite on the day. It's one of the biggest totals on the day. So, you know, at 5% on Tom Brady, I think there's a little bit of uh, – you know, a little bit of sneaky upside there. And this is a week you can use him pretty easily because without those big-name guys like Edelman and Gronk in there that cost seven or $8,000, right. you know, you can link him with a five. What is it, 5300 Scott Chandler on FanDuel, $2,500 Scott Chandler on DraftKings. You can link him with Amendola, who's like sixty seven or 6800 and is supposed to play on FanDuel. He's like 4700 on DraftKings. Yep. So you can fit in the quarterback-wide receiver combo if the wide receiver is cheap enough and has upside, and those guys are all guys that have upside and should see, you know, eight to eight to twelve targets in this offense. So I think Brady is a sneaky, um, you know, a sneaky low-owned, expensive option that you can pay up for to be contrarian. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. A lot of people are are worried about, oh, okay, no Gronk. There's just too many pieces missing now. But Amendola looks to me like he's actually going to get cleared here. I, I mentioned this on 120 Sports earlier in the week that uh, Bleach Report was reporting. I think Jason Cole said that uh, Amendola took it all the way up to Saturday walkthrough before getting ruled out last week. So he expected to be back this week, and that's huge for them. And then, you know, add into the fact that um, – Jameis Winston and Matthew Stafford have combined for 90 points against the Eagles in the past two games and uh, 10 touchdowns passed. Matt Stafford and Jameis Winston, yeah, in in these past two games. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Matt Stafford obviously has Kevin Johnson, but nobody was – and, you know, Jameis Winston has – does definitely have weapons with Mike Evans and stuff, but nobody has thought that they were just like uh, people who would hang 90 points on the Eagles, you know, and then you have Tom Brady who's obviously the class of that group in terms of quarterbacks and getting his one of his weapons back. I think I'm definitely going to be having some shares. And he, to me, he's actually cash safe uh, in, in my mind. So uh, I'm definitely with you there as well. Now, sliding down into value town, uh, where are you going to make a case for some guys if you need to save some some cash in your uh, GPP lineups at quarterback? I mean, I think the lowest that I'm willing to go is probably going to be um, Fitzpatrick. Okay. He, he's, uh, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't remember his price over on FanDuel. I know on DraftKings he's down at like 52 or 5,300. Yeah. So I don't think it really matters to save that extra two or 300 and get a true, like, min price 5,000 bottom of the barrel quarterback. Sure. Um, you know, I, I like the spot that Fitzpatrick in. I like the, uh, the safety and the upside that he has, especially at only 5,300. Like, to me, he's even a guy that I'm considering in cash. Because at 5,300, what do I need out of him? 15, 16 points? Yeah. If he throws two touchdowns and 200 yards, he gets me there. And, you know, I read you the numbers that the wide receivers have. His wide receivers are basically averaging, you know, 200 yards and, and two touchdowns between them. So that that's value right there. And if he has a bigger game against a fast-paced team like the Giants who run a lot of plays, I don't think the Giants are going to be able to get their run game going against a, a stout Jets run defense with them not having really much of a run game. So I could see that game turning into a little bit of a shootout with the Jets defense ailing and, you know, the Giants playing that fast pace and a little bit of a back and forth. So, you know, if he goes for 250 and three touchdowns, I wouldn't be shocked. And that would give me 20 fantasy points and, and, you know, over 20 fantasy points and four times value at that price. So he's probably the lowest I'll go if I'm going to try to go cheap on the low end. All right, fair enough. For me, 
I'm going to be uh, very close with you with Brock Osweiler, who on Rotowire is actually projected for 19.9 fantasy points on FanDuel, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is actually uh, projected for 20 uh fancy points there so uh, i think they're both in good spots you, uh, you gotta love the denver offense in general against san diego who's one of the worst defenses you know uh ranked uh overall in the game uh you take a look at them uh dead last overall and overall defense still dead last against the run and uh in pass coverage 23rd overall so you can do damage in basically every facet and it's good weather out there on the road in san diego which actually probably benefits osweiler rather than playing in the snow at home so that that's going to be my cheaper guy that you can sort of uh make a case for uh in these matchups 6900 on fandle which is 600 cheaper than ryan fitzpatrick so that's where i'm i'm looking at in terms of value let's go ahead and flip positions benny over to the running back position giangelo williams comes in as a big owner uh 25.4 percent jonathan stewart 16.1 doug martin 14.1 percent david johnson i was actually a little surprised that he's only 12.2 percent owned thought he would have been you know just somebody you absolutely had to take advantage of because of the cheaper price, but FanDuel did a better job of pricing him up than DraftKings does. So I think we'll see a yes. different situation there. And then uh, Adrian Peterson, Sean McCoy, and CJ Anderson, all 9%. Uh, how, are, how do you have this breaking down, knowing, knowing what we know now? Yeah, I actually had a good amount of D'Angelo Williams myself on Thursday because I was under the impression he was under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, I was way wrong on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, 25% on him seems a little bit high for me. I mean, again, the guy has been averaging about, you know, 20 um, FanDuel points since as, as a starter. And the games that he started, if you add up what he's done, he's averaging about 20 uh, FanDuel points. So, I mean, I get it. I understand why he's that highly owned. I just don't think that I'm going to go crazy on him knowing that he's 25% now. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Stewart and, and Doug Martin are kind of the same way to me. These are guys that I like when I can get them at like 6 or 8% owned and people are kind of sleeping on them. Both of these guys have a little bit of a, you know, lack of touchdowns going on. They both rack up a lot of yards. They both see a lot of touches. They both get a lot of carries. Um, but neither one of them is really like a huge touchdown threat. So when these guys are like 6 or 8% owned, I don't mind taking a stab on them. But at 14 and 16% owned, I'm going to kind of leave them on the table, which basically means that I'm kind of fading all the chalk at running back this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you at David Johnson. I can, you know, he's an okay play for me on FanDuel at 5,900. He is the best salary saver that's available. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, over on DraftKings, though, he's like 34 or 3,600, like just absurdly low for a guy who is going to see all the carries. And if you don't know what's going on with that situation, uh, CJ2K is out for a little while. I think he has a broken arm or a broken leg or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, Andre Ellington is very likely not to play this weekend too. So if you have no Ellington, no CJ2K, you basically have David Johnson getting all the carries. Right. So that's why everybody's kind of talking him up, or that's why you're kind of hearing his name. And the guy does have some explosiveness. I mean, we saw him take that five-yard swing pass, 60 yards to the house in like week one. And, you know, people have been clamoring since then that this guy needs more touches, he needs more carries, he needs more field time. So he's definitely a viable option if you're looking to go cheap. Um, Adrian Peterson won people a boatload of money last week. Mm-hmm. The matchup's not as good for him this week, but again, he's still somebody that's always going to be in play. Um, LaShawn McCoy is somebody I actually like. Carlos Williams is out this week, so McCoy might wind up getting some of that goal line work back. 
Plus, if you take a look at his game logs, and like I hadn't even realized this myself until I was looking through game logs, he's putting up like 18, 20 fantasy points a week now. Yes. Makes three, you know, makes three or four catches, gets like 20 touches, you know, is getting, you know, 110, 115 total yards between receiving and rushing, you know, scores a couple touchdowns. Most of his touchdowns have come from further out. So hopefully he'll get some of the goal line work now with Carlos Williams out. So at 9%, I think McCoy, like I'm thinking about it yesterday after lineups locked and I started looking at ownership percentages, you know, knowing now what I, if I would have known then what I know now, I probably would have a lot more McCoy and a lot less D'Angelo Williams. So I think that's a change that I'm going to be making. I, um, I like that call as well. Yeah. You know, moving, moving further down the list, you got Devonta Freeman at 4%. He is healthy. He's going to be the starter. You know, we've seen him get 20, 25 carries in that offense. Uh I think that, you know, at 4%, I think I'd be willing to pay up and, you know, pay up to be contrarian with him in certain spots. And then the only other guy who I have on my list here that I'm kind of looking at is Darren McFadden. And the reason for that is whenever Romo was out, you know, for those weeks that Romo was out, they relied heavily on the ground game and keeping it on the ground. He was seeing 25 plus touches a game. So if they're going to get back to him being a little bit cheap in price and him getting those extra carries again, getting back up to like 25 touches a game, I think he's definitely a viable um, you know, option for you to look at, even though it's not the greatest matchup or situation for him. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. I think there's a, a good chance that um, your people, are, for whatever reason, I think that David Johnson might actually get priced up into the 15 16% range, which to me is still GPP. Um, eligible because he's so cheap he's just going to afford you so much salary flexibility there as well having said that running back in terms of value plays is very deep in my mind this week there's a bunch of guys down there at the bottom that i like like cj anderson jeremy hill sean drawn uh or drone however you pronounce it i think are all in good spots and in that same similar situation with like um David Johnson, who you know, some people are concerned about with the St. Louis defense. It is St. Louis. I, I, am I correct that they're playing? Um, um, hold on a sec. I got it right here, actually. Do 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 do. do yeah, Arizona, St. Louis. Okay, yeah. The you know, you don't need um, him to rush for a hundred yards against St. Louis for him to get value because he's a very good um, uh, guy or option out of the backfield, and I don't think they're going to game flow him with another third down back when like some of the touchdowns that he had in the house were on swing passes out of the backfield that he took 60 yards for a score. So he definitely can be effective, and that's why I'm less concerned about him playing against a a St. Louis defense. And you also get Nick Foles, who's also like having like playing 12 on 10. You know what I mean? He likes to turn the ball over so much. It's almost like he's playing for uh, the opposing team. So, uh, the, the, you know, you like having Nick Foles on the field if you're thinking about playing some Arizona Cardinals in your rosters here for, for Week 13. Um, mm-hmm. Anybody else that we need to mention before we move forward? I I also kind of like my, like, home run, under-the-radar kind of play for the week, a guy who I'm throwing in some GPP rosters, is actually Latavius Murray. Okay. Um, I think he's in a decent spot here, and he's only 1% owned. His price has come down in the, in some spots, especially over on DraftKings. So he hasn't been great. I completely understand it's not a high probability play. Definitely not something I would use in cash games. But I, I guess I just have a feeling. But he's a guy who I've found myself putting on a couple GPP rosters already this week. Makes some sense to me. 
All right, well, we move on to the wide receiver position here now, Benny. Alshon Jeffrey, 22.8% owned, um, and Antonio Brown comes up at just almost uh, 20%, 19.1. Then you have A.J. Green at 14.2, Odell Beckham at 10.9, Julio 10.4, Macklin at 10%, and then we go down into the second tier. Um, what do you make of this, knowing that, that we know these percentages now, and how are you going to have the shakeout for your lineup? Yeah, I mean, I'm usually a big fan of Alshon Jeffrey, and I've kind of mentioned to you guys before that I think he just needs to be a little bit more expensive. He's a top eight wide receiver when he's healthy, and they have him listed down in like the 12 to 20 range, depending on what site you're playing on. So I think that's why his ownership rate is so high, but he doesn't really have like a stud matchup this week. It's not exactly like it's jumping off the page. Plus, um, the game plan for them is probably going to be pretty run heavy. So I don't know if this is going to be the best spot to roll them out there. So at 22%, I'm perfectly okay fading them. I uh, talked about Antonio Brown already a little bit with that Indianapolis matchup. Uh, Vontae Davis is definitely not 100%. And he hasn't been all that great this year anyway. So he's not going to scare me off of Antonio Brown. I just don't know if Brown is my favorite wide receiver this week to pay up for. And if he's going to be you know, twice as highly owned as guys like Julio and Odell Beckham. I think I'd much rather just go towards Julio and Beckham. Uh, Julio has one of the best cornerback wide receiver matchups, according to uh, Pro Football Focus this week. Yes. Um, so, you know, obviously he's a guy that's in play. Beckham's got a string of 100-yard games and, and, you know, big touchdown catches and all that stuff. He's going up against a Jets team that got – Burnt last week by Jarvis Landry for like 13 catches for 160 yards or something like that, or 16 catches for 130 yards. I forget which way that was. Uh, so I like him. The week before, DeAndre Hopkins went for like six catches for 120 and two touchdowns against the Jets too. So the Jets have been struggling against wide receiver ones lately, which I think sets up very well for Beckham. And even A.J. Green, you're very likely to be without Tyler Eifert this week. So you got a guy like A.J. Green who has another one of the top five cornerback wide receiver matchups this week and has a good path to increase volume because it's, you know, if you're going to take out Eifert, who's been one of their best red zone targets, well, now you're going to give red zone targets to A.J. Green, too, and that's just going to help his upside. So I understand the top part of the list. I think I'd probably stay towards the Green-Beckham-Jones side of it Mm -hmm. and kind of leave Jeffrey and Brown as the, you know, hoping for the Andre Hopkins situation like everybody had last week to, uh, you know, kind of push up the rosters that I have with the lower-owned guys there. I think there's two ways about it. If you're a GPP player and you're a tournament guy, like, you can make a case for guys all the way down to, to like, you know, in out, around the top 20 range, like Demarius Thomas, 4.8% owned, Emmanuel Sanders, 5% owned. You know, mm-hmm. I also like Danny Amendola at 4.2%. He's going to make my punt play article for Pro Football Focus coming out tomorrow. Yeah. He's Yeah, he's on there for me too. Right. So there's just so many good options that either, like, you're going to have to create a lot of GPP differentiation, which means you're going to need to fire up multiple lineups in order to, to cover all the potential good matchups that are available or what you need to do is just lock in and say i'm going to focus in on cash because there's so there's such a wide very uh variance of scenarios that could be successful that are actually going to win in your gpp that's going to be tougher to cover all the bases i think what we can sort of take from this list is say all right let's make sure you know we take i said this on the um 
uh, Sports Illustrated Fantasy Football podcast that I did yesterday with Michael Beller is that there's just so many good options at wide receiver that you really should focus on um, maybe staying away from some of these top um, running back options. Take your value with some of the guys you can get you know, at, um, at a good value price there in the middle and in the lower tiers like the David Johnsons, like the Jeremy Hills, the the Ronnie Hillmans and the like and make sure you, you book some top wide receiver options um, there at the top because they have such good matchups. Yeah. So, um, well, I do. I mean, there are some, some cheaper guys that I'm really on this week too. Like I, I really like Brandon Marshall again for the jets. Yes, me too. Um, again, you know, I mean, I like Fitz and I like Marshall. I like that, that pairing together. Mm-hmm. I also really, really like Martavius Bryant. I think he could have such a huge game this week because basically there's been a lot of wide receiver twos that have done pretty well against the Colts so far this season. And, you know, I think that he's going to just have such a good matchup. I think that Ben's going to be throwing it a lot. And then, um, like you said, Danny Amendola, I mean, he's 4% owned here. And Mike Evans is another one who has a good matchup and is 4% owned here. So, you know, if you want to use some of those guys up at the top, I think you might want to try to mix in some of these other guys that we're mentioning down here at the bottom. Right. You know, maybe maybe you take a Beckham and a Green or a Julio and a Green or, you know, if you like Alshon, Alshon and one of those guys. But then take one of these lower-owned guys too because that'll give you, you know, you you don't need all – low owned guys to win and you probably don't want all chalk to win if you're playing in a tournament but you don't want to have a whole bunch of guys that are 4% owned you really only need one or two of them that go off and if you have them with the right chalk guys that you know the chalk guys are the chalk guys for a reason you know they're they're there because they're the best and most likely guys that are going to have a big game today cash so, safe Yes. Yeah, exactly. So pick pick the ones up towards the top that you like and then mix one or two of these lower owned wide receivers like an Evans or an Amendola in there. And, you know, you should have a good recipe for a, a roster that has a chance to get you a big tournament cash if you're right on the guys that you pick. I totally agree with you there as well. So I think we sufficiently covered some of the the, the better options, uh, cheap and expensive at wide receiver. Let's go ahead and flip over to the tight end position here. Um, Greg Olson, 27.7%. This thing is a sort of a you know quick response to people stacking Cam and wanting to take advantage of the New Orleans defense. Um, I'm fine with that. I think it just puts him to out of GPP territory for me for the most part. Um, although mm-hmm. Cam was, you know... I guess make borderline as as to whether or not you can stack him, uh, given the ownership percentage that we saw so far. Scott Chandler, popular pay and super cheap as well. I think he's in that same sort of David Johnson. Um, and who else? I'm thinking Danny Amendola as super cheap, but also almost you know borderline must plays because they open up so much salary flexibility. Uh, what what what's your take? How are you approaching that this week? Yeah, I mean I'm not going to be using Olsen in cash or GPP. Okay, I I understand the case for him and all that. Sure. Um, you know, especially in GPP at twenty seven percent, I don't think he's good. But I think that Chandler is a very viable option for cash, and the reason for that is he's incredibly cheap on DraftKings. He's min price. I think on FanDuel he's like fifty three hundred, which is cheap for a tight end position. And I don't expect him to put up Gronk numbers, but I do expect him to play the Gronk role. So he's gonna probably see a couple red zone looks if they get down there he's definitely going to see some passes over the middle um he's going to be a guy who can get you you know six or seven catches for 70 or 80 yards if he adds you a touchdown to it he's going to be well above his value threshold and on DraftKings, i mean at, at 2500 if he catches four balls for 60 yards he's got your 4x value if he comes up with six for 60 and a touchdown like i'm hoping he can get to get me value on fanduel He's going to have like 18 or 19 DraftKings points at 2,500. How do you not play that guy at that, at that 
you know, price point. So I think that he's viable. Uh, Delaney Walker, Jordan Reed, they're both seeing a lot of value. That makes a lot of sense for me on the high-owned side. But there's a couple guys on the low-owned side that I think are, you know, guys that you can look at as well. Julius Thomas, especially if Alan Hearns is out, which it looks like he's going to be, Thomas has actually seen the second most targets at tight end over the course of the last two weeks. They gave this guy a big contract to bring him in there to be a big part of that offense. So if you can get Julius Thomas at 7%, his price is still pretty cheap. He's still discounted on FanDuel. DraftKings, he's only $4,000. Definitely think he's a viable guy that you can look at. Uh, Gary Barnage, your boy from Cleveland, is somebody that a lot of people have been playing. I'm not huge on him this week. Obviously, no McCown definitely hurts. I'm not really sure how I feel about Austin Davis. Yeah. I think I'm kind of taking like a wait-and-see approach with that whole Cleveland offense at this point. Totally agree that, with you on that. I just You just don't know how much he's going to look his way, and that's sort of important. You need the quarterback to know, feel like that's a good option for him, and we don't know that with one quarter of football with Austin Davis. Yeah, like we, my basically what I try to do is I want to – I want to put guys in my roster who I'm somewhat certain of for the most point, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I just, I don't know how it's going to work out with him. So I could get 20 points out of him. I could get four and I just can't really take that chance on a lot of my rosters. Um, I do like Antonio Gates again this week as well. He was kind of my, my bold call of last week. I basically said, you know, he's, here's the guy who has legitimately seen the most targets um, at the position so far this year per game. And, you know, he was flying under the radar because he was the same price as Delaney Walker and, uh, you know, Jordan Reed, who were guys that everybody seemed to be going to. And based on the ownership percentages I'm seeing here, it feels like that's the same. Now, Denver's very good on the outside, so I wouldn't touch any of the San Diego wide receivers. But if Phillip Rivers can't throw to the outside, that kind of leaves Woodhead and Gates as the guy who's, you know, probably going to see work. So I think that is, you know, viable option as well. And then my punt play extraordinaire low-owned guy for the week is going to be Martellus Bennett. Okay. He's practicing right now. He's going to be in there. He's 1% owned, and his price has dropped drastically. You want the, you want the intel on this before we go further on, on, uh, on Bennett? Oh, uh, no. Is he out? He's not out. Um, okay. But there's reports from um, Bears beat be, beat writers that he's sort of a little bit in the doghouse and some sort of, like, quote-unquote, odd mental funk and brooding sort of sort of john fox is basically pissed off at him is what it comes down to right now so yeah. he's healthy he's practicing and he got a little game flowed if you if you paid attention to last week so i'm actually not i'm actually not i'm hating flipping here and going with um who am i is it is it is zach not, miller zach miller is the guy okay. that i'm thinking here because zach miller has showed up in some pretty big spots it's like he's like the gpp special you know yeah. you, you know what i'm talking about like well he, i was I've actually been using him while Bennett was out, but right. if Bennett, if that's the case of what you're telling me with Bennett, I thought I was getting a little bit of a steal here. Right. Um, I'm just going to click on this, uh, you know, quick replace button, and <laughs> I'm going to go to hold on one second here, and I'm just going to go Martellus Bennett, uh, Scott Chandler. Okay, no longer an issue. We can move on to defense whenever you're ready. <laughs> Moving on to defense here, as requested. All right, we're going to skip right past kickers and talk about the uh, Carolina Panthers at 70% owned. No surprise there. Bengals against the uh, third slash second slash third stringer, Austin Davis at 14.3%. Patriots at 10.9%. And then we have the Cardinals, uh, Broncos, and Bears all uh, around the 6% range. Um, How are you spreading this out for uh, Week 13? Yeah, I'm, I was a little surprised at Carolina. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we talk about them almost weekly. They're a very, very good defense. But 
if you're looking at here's the way I look at it. If you're looking at Carolina versus Cincinnati, who has a better chance to have a big upside game at the quarterback position? Austin Davis against Cincinnati or Drew Brees against Carolina? Now, I know that I probably have Carolina's defense above the Bengals, but of those two, I would probably be more scared of Drew Brees. Would you agree? Yes. Okay, so for for me, the top-owned defense that I have and that I'm going to be using is the Bengals because I just have more faith in the Bengals going up against Austin Davis. Like you said, a third-string quarterback that's in there with going up against a team that's actually missing a couple of their you know, weapons as well. You got Hawkins and Gabriel are both probably out again this week. So you're going with Hartline, uh, Bo and Benjamin as the wide receivers. You know, you got the third string quarterback in there. So I think if I'm going to use a defense in my um, cash game rosters, I'm probably going to go to Cincinnati. I'm a little bit surprised to see how low owned the bears were here. They've actually been playing pretty well lately. Um, so I think that <clears throat> they're at home this week. They got a good matchup. I think the Bears are probably one of the GPP defenses that I'm going to be going against. Um, I know San Francisco hasn't been horrible lately like people expected them to be, but they also haven't really been good. So with the Bears being a seven-point favorite at home in a low total game, I think there's a chance that they get the lead here and that that Bears defense gets a chance to go after uh, you know Blaine Gabbard and kind of get some sacks and force him into a mistake. So he's one of the... They're probably the lower-owned, lower-priced defense that I'd be looking at on this scale. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust some of the top options, but I won't have a problem um, mixing and matching a, a little bit too. I, I actually think the Seahawks at three percent uh, owner on the road are gonna be uh, an interesting play for me because I just don't have a ton of. Uh, uh, I guess uh, confidence in Teddy Bridgewater overall. He the whole Teddy Bridgewater making hate to Stephon Diggs experience in the past game is a little bit over now. I um, I guess so. We're not seeing him crush anymore, and you know so basically down to Adrian Peterson, and you know well who can be very good and has been very good, uh, you know these these past few weeks here. But uh, I think this is enough under ownership for for me to be interested. Uh, in those spots. But I love the top options that you mentioned uh, there as well. All right, that is going to wrap it up for the Week 13 NFL GPP ownership percentages for the Saturday Combo Show. Now we're going to flip sports right over to the basketball side here. We're going to be talking Saturday plays here, and I'm going to be focusing on Fandle pricing uh, there as well, not only because it's selfish and I have an article to write, um, but because uh, Twitter has demanded that we um, cover some some more of Fanduel because we've um, been pretty focused on DK and throwing some fantasy draft pricing in the mix uh, there as well. And speaking of fantasy draft and uh, their pricing that we are going to mention uh, coming up the NBA, they have a flexible lineup format. If you guys haven't checked it out there, so make sure you go over to fantasydraft.com. So they give you the freedom to choose all the players that you want. You don't have to choose a point guard or a shooting guard. You can just choose three guards, three forwards, two utility players. Larger payout zone means more chances for you to win. At least twenty-five percent of the uh, prize pool is paid out in their largest guaranteed contest. They have a great level of playing field. Only twenty entries per user in a contest. So you can't not to worry about being stacked up against one guy who has hundreds of lineups putting yourself in the best position to win that way. Uh, and more of the entry fees go directly to the payout zone. So low rake, you got to love that. So head on to over to fantasydraft.com today and find out more about how they put players first. All right, let's go ahead and bounce that ball, Benny, here. We're talking uh, Saturday NBA slate. Now, we this is interesting because this is um, Adam Silver has mixed it up a little bit. You don't normally see 10 games, 20 teams in action for Saturday here. Um, but let's go ahead and start right there, right over at point guard. What do you got going here? 
Yeah, point guard today is actually not an easy position to pick out some studs in. And let me just kind of give you, like, the breakdown on it. You got Steph Curry and Kyle Lowry going up against each other. They're probably two of the higher-owned options that are up on the day. Sure. And neither guy is really, like, giving up a ton of points to opposing point guards. Lowry's been pretty solid on defense. Obviously, Steph Curry's been, you know, I read an article the other day that he's been the most efficient player in, like, NBA history at this point so far to start the season. 40 so, points on 18 shots is insane. Yes. You know? Yes. yes. All right. And um, it, well, basically, the article I was reading, and I forget who, who wrote it. I, I'd give him credit. I don't even remember. But the, the premise of the article was basically something along the lines that Steph Curry has been so good this year and so much so efficient that it's better for his teammates to give up shooting layups and just kick the ball out to him at the three point line than it is for them to shoot the layup. Yeah, exactly. That's and insane. That's, yeah. Yes. I know it's a coach that blows your mind, right? Like, I mean, like, you're like, it, you're it one does. foot from the rim, but make sure you kick it out. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, that's It makes how sense this... because, because it's the greatest shooter of all time. Is why yeah, I mean, that, that's how good he's been playing this year. You know, like, I don't want to get into the whole, like, is Steph better than LeBron? Is he the best player in the NBA kind of thing? Just enjoy what you're able to watch or right now. This guy is, yeah, and, and, he, and it's so fun to watch them play. Like, so fun to watch the Warriors play. But with that being said, I'm not using him on, on Saturday here. Um, Damian Lillard is probably my favorite option that you can look at going up against Minnesota there. Um, I'm actually switching over here real quick because I actually write the article on Saturday for DraftKings, so I had all my DraftKings pricing up. But if we can talk about FanDuel, it's all the same. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, Lillard is a little bit expensive over on FanDuel. I think he's about 94, 95 is what he's been going up on lately. Mm-hmm. But of the guys at the top, I think he has the best matchup because you got Isaiah Thomas going up against San Antonio, where point guards actually tend to do pretty well against San Antonio, but as an overall defense, they're pretty solid. Um, I don't really like Kemba Walker going up against Chicago, even though Derrick Rose doesn't play a ton of defense. Uh, Walker's just getting a little bit too expensive for me. And I know you're a Sacramento Kings fan, but apparently Rajon Rondo, who was somebody that I was originally looking at going up against Houston, yep. is possibly going to be suspended for bumping the official. Did you hear anything about this? I did not. Well, I I know that it's under question, right? He didn't bump the official, but he was heard with language that made it on to the um, – uh, made it on air for whatever reason. So they're not happy about that. So, I mean, and, and as it is, even with Rondo manning that, the, the point guard defense has really slid down for the Sacramento Kings. It's been uh, bottom six, I believe, or bottom seven. Uh, in the league right now, so regardless of how it's happened, the, the, he's his defense has sort of suffered, uh, yeah, and he's been you know m- the majority of the guy responsible. So no matter how you shake it out, if you want to take that side of it for the Sacramento Kings, they've been they've been giving up a lot of points as of late. So I'm I'm fine with that in, in uh, either way that you shake it out. Okay, and then I mean basically at that point you're looking at some of the value options. So you know guys like well if Rondo's out I think Darren Collison becomes a guy that you almost kind of have to start at that point cuz he's going to be getting uh you know he's going to be getting a lot more um you know a lot more minutes he's going to be the starting point guard there he on the other side of that game I also think you can look at a guy like Patrick Beverly who's still very cheap he doesn't have a huge upside on him but you know he's been seeing the minutes lately they're playing uh you know Sacramento which is a very fast paced team so everybody you know that pace kind of floats all boats so you get a you know, a little bit more out of every single one of those guys, in my opinion. So I think that that's a decent, you know, situation to look at. And then the other guy who's been seeing a lot of minutes and is still pretty cheap is uh, Isaiah Kanan from Philadelphia. And they're going up against Denver, 
which is a team that everybody's been putting up fantasy points against. So those are kind of the guys that I'm looking at at the point guard spot. Any um, any of them kind of float your boat? Oh, you know who I forgot? Um, and I didn't play him yesterday, but Corey Joseph had a really good game yesterday, and a lot of people were on him. I completely missed that boat, to be honest with you. Um, but he's another guy, cheap salary saver you can look at. Yeah, you know what? Corey Joseph, to me, um, is a guy who's been down in the 4,400 range on FanDuel, but has been um, paying off um, close to 5X on the on the price tag there as well, playing 30, 28, 33, 32, and 34 minutes in the fa- in, in the past couple of games. So, yeah, Corey Joseph is definitely the, uh, a guy that uh, I'm going to be interested in and a little bit off the radar. So I'm glad you mentioned him. I also like Isaiah Cannon if you're going to go away from that era as well. But you're going to get the biggest total on the board, and you're going to need a ton of scoring with Corey Joseph to um, and, and the Toronto to for those two teams to keep pace so i'm definitely interested in having some shares there all right let's go ahead and get into this uh shooting guard position position here got some couple of big couple of big ballers at the top and then some value options uh, how are you shaking it out yeah i like um i'm not sure how this is going to shake out but I, I heard that dwight howard is going to be sitting one of these two games this weekend so i do think that harden is going to be somebody that's in play either way i think he's in play going up against sacramento their two guard defense hasn't been good in years and they play at a fast pace. So I think Harden is somebody that you want to look at today. I think he's probably the top option, likely the top scorer, like we talk about, you know, over and over again. But, you know, it's just it's worth mentioning again here today. Uh, going down from there, though, I'm not really a huge fan of Jimmy Butler against Charlotte. His price has gotten a little bit expensive for me. Yeah. Uh, DeMar DeRozan played well yesterday, but I don't really take anybody against Golden State, even though they play high-scoring games. They're very efficient on the defensive end. They usually give guys fits. Um, if the Rosen does have a big game, it's probably going to be a big game because he took 20, 25 shots, which is something that he could do. I just don't think he's somebody that I'm going to be looking at on the day. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on this guy because I'm kind of on the fence about him. Dwayne Wade has been playing really, really well lately. Yes. Uh, Cleveland is not normally a team that I like to target against, but shooting guard is a position on that team that I don't mind targeting against because I don't really have a lot of faith in the um defensive abilities of one jr smith yes so if i'm gonna take anybody against them shooting guards kind of the spot so how, how do you feel about wade on the day i feel good about him because if you're taking a look at him for in terms of uh, uh fandle pricing very reasonable at 7100 air as well and has hit 5x and 6.3x in the past two games hit that nasty little floater to to win the game there, so he was uh, definitely getting to the mix. Um, Love the five steals that he came up with against Boston, four rebounds, four assists. So he's chipping in around all around the thing. The only thing that you never really like about Dwayne Wade, he's, he just doesn't hit enough threes for a two guard for me to like. You know, he always has to work extra and get like and ones and stuff to really put up big time performances overall. Mm-hmm. And he's not a good, still not a good free throw shooter. But so, but aside from that, you're you're definitely getting uh, potential value, and I think there's another good matchup for him there as well. So if you don't want to pay all the way up at the top for James Harden, um, I like Dwayne Wade, and then the rest of the, the, just like in value town, it's really ugly for uh, for, for shooting guard uh, o- overall. You got you're you're really just hoping that you you know you. I mean, Avery Badley would have been a guy I would I've made a, would have made a case for if he wasn't playing San Antonio. Same sort of situation with uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas there as well. You know, you still got Will Barton and Alec Burks splitting yeah. time. Overall, well, actually. You know, I I actually like Will Barton a lot, especially if Gary Harris is still out because okay, Harris you, has been out lately. Actually, you know what? That's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah. Gary Harris in concussion protocol. So th- then Will yes. Barton is a guy that you definitely, especially against Philly, that we probably need mm-hmm. to definitely pay attention to. So yeah, he's he's actually the only 
cheap option that I have down on here. The only other guy that I'm kind of considering as far as cheap guys go, uh, there's a chance that we might not have Chris Paul in this game either. So if Chris Paul is out, you know, I always look to Jamal Crawford right. to tick up a little bit. And he's um, been stinking sh- it up, but I don't care if he, yeah. if he's going to get 37 minutes, you know, um, you know, that's, that's, that's still 5.7 X. Yeah. Um, at 4k, right. 37 minutes at 4k is something that you at least got to respect. You have to. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, get too worked up about whether or not I used her. Um, you know, like, you know, people are complaining about him and his shot attempts and how he just hasn't, you know, looked like the old Jamal Crawford. I don't care at 4k. I care about the minutes and he got 37 of them in the last game. So CP three still out Jamal Crawford in. Um, all right, before we move into the small forward position here, just want to remind the listeners here, don't forget the rotowire.com is giving away a free 10-day trial to their lineup optimizer. So if you want to talk about how we come up with all these um, you know, projected points, top options, value plays here, we use the lineup optimizer, we use the projection system on rotowire, and it's free to you right now. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod, get signed up for your free 10-day trial. You get lineup optimizers for NFL, NBA, NHL, college football, soccer, and you get the uh, a bunch of different sites covered. So whether your favorite FanDuel site is where you want to play, DraftKings, Fantasy Aces, Draft Day, Draftster, Yahoo, Fantasy Score, and Fantasy Draft, you can get a optimized lineup for free uh, in the 10-day trial at rotowire.com slash pod. Make sure you get in there, use the numbers and the uh, optimizers and the stats that we use to set these our very own lineups and um, review on this very show. So there you have it. All right, small forward position. We are ready to go. What do you got for me? I'm actually really only looking at two, maybe three guys up here. Uh, big fan of Kawhi Leonard. He's going up against Boston. Boston's a pretty fast-paced team. Jay Crowder's okay defensively, but Kawhi's kind of been playing out of his mind uh, you know, the last couple games. He had one bad game against Milwaukee, but every other game he's putting up 40 or 50 fantasy points, so I'm not going to argue with that. If I can get a guy at 9K that can get me 40 to 50 fantasy points, that's exactly what you want out of him. So I am a big fan of Kawhi Leonard. I'm still rolling with the Robert Covington train. Uh, his price has been in like the mid-six range. It's come up from the mid-five range. When it was in the mid-five range, he was putting up six, seven, eight, ten times X every game. In the mid-six range, it's kind of down a little bit to like five or five and a half. But let's think about this now. On FanDuel, which is what we're talking right now, you get 60000 in salary. So if you get 5X on every guy that you put in your roster, you're going to wind up with 300 points. 300 points is usually enough to – it's almost always enough to get you – what you need in your double ups and your 50 fifties. And most of the time it's enough to get you into the back end of a GPP. So if you can get a guy who is still giving you five and a half X, that's going to translate into 330 points. If you had that from your entire roster. So if you can get that from Robert Covington, that five, five and a half X, I mean, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't want to roll with a guy like that. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. Um, so I think he's, uh, a guy that some people might a little bit be be a little bit off after he finally had a down performance and the price has continued to raise. But now that you have Jalil Okafor suspended for the past two for the next two games, um, I think this is a spot for you, you to take a look at uh, Robert Covington and Nerlens Noel power forward and say, all right, good matchup against Denver, and they need him to do more and score more, and he can do more, and the price is still reasonable for me uh, there as well. So I'm all about the Robert Covington once again uh, for the for the Saturday slate. Any other um, options that we need to sort of like look at as we slide down and, um, you know, uh, sort of take a look at some value options 
to save some, some money at small forward if we need to? I mean, the the only other guy who's kind of standing out on uh, on my sheets is um, Jay Crowder. And it's more of like a price play kind of thing because he's down around like the $5,000 range. Mm-hmm. And he's been putting up at like 25 to 35 fantasy points, which is 5 to 7x value. So he's somebody that I think you got to consider as well. He's playing over 30 minutes a game. You know, again, I don't, if you can't hear it in my voice, I'm not in love with this guy. It's not like I'm jumping for joy to put him in my lineup. Yeah. But I think he's a guy that I would be okay having to use if I needed to come down from. Honestly, it would probably be coming down from Kawhi because I think Covington is almost kind of locked into my lineups for me. So if I felt like I could get, you know, more value out of a expensive player at a different position rather than Kawhi Leonard, I would probably be okay coming down to a guy like Crowder taking a solid five or six times value and then, you know, trying to find a guy who can give me a little more upside for an expensive price at another position instead of using Leonard. But he's pretty much the only other guy that I kind of been looking at towards the lower end of the curve. All right, makes sense to me. I'm with you there as well. And, you know, Robert Crumpton is enough of a savings for, for us to not have to worry about taking too many chances. So if mm-hmm. you're not going up at the, up at the very top of the little LeBrons or the Kawhis, um, then you, you can definitely, um, or even Paul George, uh, you can definitely make a case for just drawing the line right there at Robert Covington. Power forward position now here, Benny. Um, got some, some, some big ballers up top. And I think there's a couple of value plays that I'm interested in there as well. Uh, what do you got for me? Yeah, um, well, here, here's a couple ways that I look at it. I, th- I think Gobert is still going to be out, which means that you got Derek Favors playing center. Uh-huh. Now, Indiana is a team that we have been targeting centers against all season long. Right. So I think if Favors is going to be the center going up against that Indiana team, I think he's going to be lower owned. I don't think he's going to have a lot of uh, people on him. His game logs aren't all that sexy lately. But he is definitely somebody that I would have interest in because I try to play people against Indiana as often as I can. Mm-hmm. Now, up towards the top end as well, you got Blake Griffin, who usually has big games when Chris Paul is out. So if Chris Paul is going to be out in this one, they're going up against Orlando. I think Blake is in a decent spot. You know, my biggest problem with him is he's so expensive. That $9,300 price tag on him is, you know, to me, it's just a little bit too much because you're almost saying to yourself, I need to get 25 to 30 points out of him in order for him to have a chance to make value. Because it's not like he's a 20 rebound a game kind of guy or a 10 assist a game kind of guy. You know, he doesn't, he's not even that great in the blocks and steals department for as athletic as he is. So you really need him to go like crazy and put up a big scoring game, which again, he does when Chris Paul's not around, but you know, I'm not sure if I want to play up for, uh, pay up for it. Uh, Porzingis is a guy who I've been using a lot of. The problem with him is his price keeps rising. So as his price keeps rising, even though he's still been able to get pretty much 5X in in all those, you know, last couple games, I mean, he's not too overly expensive. His price is still only, like, just above the 7,000 range. But here's kind of what I wanted to, to say to people. In the last 18 days, he has gone from 5,400 to 6, to 63, to 67, to 71, to 72, so, I mean, he could be 75, 78,000 um, when the prices do come out for the Saturday slate. So, if he gets a little bit more expensive, he's basically at the point right now where he's just like a tad below value. He's still a five or six points per thousand, of course, kind of guy. But if you raise that salary up five or six hundred dollars, now he's basically like a barely five point per thousand kind of guy. And that makes him a lot more risky for me. But if he stays in that 7,000, 7,200 range, 
I definitely think he's somebody that I'm going to be using as well. Yeah, um, I agree with you there as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, those are most of the guys that I've been looking at. The one guy who I'm kind of on the fence of, and I kind of want to get your opinion on him, Draymond Green has been like a triple-double machine lately. Yes. He's been putting up some just monster games. And they're going up against Toronto. It should be a game that stays a little bit closer. It's actually a tick down for them in their um, pace because Toronto plays a little slower and also plays pretty solid defense. But the way that Draymond Green has been playing, I think that he's somebody you can look at too. And I don't think his price is that bad. Um, I think he's like right around $8,000. He was a little bit below last week. I think he might be a little bit above it now. Yeah, 82 was his price the last game. So he's somebody else. I don't know, though, if there's a lot of upside at that price. Would you consider him a GPP player? Is he somebody that's maybe more just like a cash game option? Well, if the, if you want to roll on the GPP, I don't, I don't like. I'm with you there. You're paying up a, a big price, and he's not a volume scorer, so that's the issue mm-hmm. that you have. Um, but the the way I have this shaking out here is they've been leaning a lot more towards Luis Scola at the power forward position more and more now that they. Um, have to you know to create uh, live with Bismack Biombo up at center and you know mix in Patrick Patterson to add some five two which you know opens up more minutes for Scola which opens up a worse defensive player against um, Draymond Green so I like it from that perspective but I'm with you there it's probably more of like a you want to be cash safe sort uh, sort of play because you you're not going to see Draymond Green like he's got one two three 20-point performances this season there as well. Can be an absolute triple-double machine is great because then you get the extra bonus bonus points um, from you. But, um, yeah, I, I think that you you can go with some some higher upside guys, uh, you know, that are that are at least cheaper uh, in my mind. So, like, Nerland's the well, uh, for me, I would rather just pay down for, to him, uh, even though, he, you know, without Jabari Parker, he didn't do a ton. It's, it is a great matchup against Denver. I feel a lot much better about the price at 6,300, although he has been a dog. Uh, as of late so he'll be my like my gpp only play and i would just prefer somebody more like you know blake or favors or draymond green in cash that's how Mm -hmm. i have it shaken out want to get your take really quickly on king joffrey lavernier uh matched up against philly he's the the mike one did it again he flipped the the center position and it's not like he's actually getting a ton of um of run even though he's been announced as a center but the value is 6.5x and 7.9x at 3700 over the past two games in two good defensive teams overall at um in toronto who plays who's playing biombo who plays good d and chicago there there as well so how do you feel about joffrey king joffrey as uh, as a good pun option yeah I, i actually like him there's you know basically there are five guys that i consider punt options that I think are all viable on the slate. So I'm just going to throw all these names at you, and maybe we can, you know, kind of rank them or, or, you know, say yes or no to a couple of them real quick. Um, I do like I do like Lavernier. You know, like you said, he's 3,700. He's been putting up numbers in the mid to high 20s, so that's pretty solid value there. So he's one of those guys at 3,700. You have uh, Jeremy Grant from Philly, especially if Okafor is still out. They're sliding Noel over to the five. You know, he's been playing a little bit of four, so he's been getting some more rebounds. He didn't have a great game the other night against the Knicks, but against Houston, Memphis, and L.A., he went six times, six and a half times, and eight times value, and his price is still below 5K, so I don't hate him. Uh You got um, Andrew Nicholson from Orlando is another guy who's been playing in the mid to high 20s minutes, mid to high 20 points, and is doing it at 4,000. Kevin Serafin for the New York Knicks, last two games, he's got nine and a half times value and six times value at 35 and 3,800. 
So he's another guy that's cheap that you can look at. And then the man who went crazy last night, and I don't know where all those three-pointers that he was hitting came from because I think he had more last night than he's had in the entire season, maybe in most of his career. But uh, Darrell Arthur went absolutely crazy with the uh, extra minutes that he saw last night with some of the injuries to the the Nuggets front court. So he actually is below 4,000, has put up in his last four games. Actually, he's put up nine times value twice in the last seven games. He's put up seven times value. He has a, a four times and a five times value. So, you know, this is a guy that has like GPP kind of upside where he can get you 28 to 30 points at under $4,000. So all of those guys that I just mentioned are viable punt options. Obviously, you got to make sure that some of the guys who – you know, are out that are giving them more minutes, stay out, and that some of the guys like Lavernier, who just got a starting spot, you know, stay in that starting spot. But of all those guys, I think um, Lavernier is somebody who I really like, and Arthur is probably the other one based on his recent numbers. Uh, Grant is a little more expensive at 4800 but those would probably be the three of those five that I would feel the most comfortable going with. I totally agree with you there as well. So you can mix and match based on how much salary um, that you want to spend or save, and, and you've got a couple top options that you can lock in at there at the top as well. All right, and finally, we have the center position here for uh, the Saturday slate there. A couple big guys up top here, and I am actually uh, feel like uh, I'm in a little bit of a gamble mode here with uh, with Carl Anthony Town. So I'll talk about that here in a couple of moments, but I'll, I want to hear about your picks first. Okay, well, I was going to say, I mean, I actually like, uh, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, even though he's going up against probably Dwight Howard. It seems like Howard is going to rest on Friday night so that he's available to play and go up and and, and bang with Cousins on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So whenever you have the money to spend up, I think Cousins is always a viable option that you can go up and get. get. Um, There are two cheap value options that I want to mention because I think I might be going the value route today. Uh, One of them is Costa Kufis because... Um, Willie Cauley-Stein is apparently a little bit banged up, so he should be getting more minutes. But you also have Nikolai Miritich banged up for the Chicago Bulls. Joe Kim Noah has been putting up some really good numbers in the last couple games with Miritich out, mm-hmm. and he's doing it at like $4,000, I think, was his price on DraftKings, on FanDuel. The, uh, 42, I'm sorry. 4200 was his price on FanDuel the other day. With Miritich out, he's now playing like 28. To th- he played 34 minutes in the last game against Denver, Played 23 minutes the game before that, so he's averaging about 28 minutes a game, uh, putting up just shy of 10 points, getting his 10 rebounds, getting a couple blocks, getting a couple assists as well. So I think you can get, he gave you seven and a half and seven times value in his last two starts mm-hmm. with 31 and 28 points. So if Miritich stays out in this game, I really, really like Noah as a pun option at like $4,000. I like that play. I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, here's my oddball play for Saturday. Okay, you don't have to be on board if you don't want to. It's fine. Okay, but Carl Anthony Towns has actually been a dog in four of the past five games. He did put up 17-8 and eight against the Clippers, but it's really – I don't know if he's hitting the rookie ball or he struggled right now, but – um, and he's – and the price has come down. He was at – the peak price was 7200 He's down to 68 on Fandle, and Fandle is always like fairly slow about – you know shifting things from day to day so you're never going to see big swings unless somebody goes from like 12 minutes to 200 but um so people have plenty of reason to hate on carl anthony towns because he really just looks like he hasn't been producing for whatever reason and but you have the single best matchup on the board um aside from like the pelicans who have a just an absolute you know graveyard at center in the portland trailblazers they cannot defend the center position at all i think it's a great spot for carl anthony towns and that he's in that middle price tier where you're like 
you know, you don't have like he's not as cheap as Noah or Kufus or any other the value options that we can make a case for. Um, but and he's not super expensive and he hasn't been producing there as late. So I think you're going to have some great low ownership. It's GPP only for me because he hasn't been consistent for quite some time now here. But the matchup is almost about as good as it's going to get. So can you take some shares of Towns or are you still too scared about the lack of production? I mean, my my bigger problem with Towns lately is the fact that um, Gorgie Jang Dang, however you say that, is, is getting more minutes. Right. Like earlier in the year, he wasn't even on the radar. Like he was getting like five, six minutes a game, if that. Um, now they're actually giving him more minutes, and I feel like a lot of it is coming at the expense of Towns. So I'm kind of off of him a little bit. I do love the matchup. It's not like Portland is you know, good at stopping big guys at this point. I just don't know. Like I said, for me, I'm very comfortable knowing that I can get six to eight times value out of Noah if he remains at a $4,000 level. So if I'm going to take that same multiple and apply it to Towns at $7,000, i am going to need like 50 to 55 points out of him in order to, you know, have the same value that I'm getting out of Noah out of Towns. And I don't feel like Towns has a 50-point game in him. Right. I could be wrong. I mean, he may he may go ahead and, and put that up and, you know, win somebody a tournament, but it's definitely not going to be my name at the top of the list if that happens. Gotcha. All right, that makes some sense for me there, there as well. Anybody else that we need to mention before we close the show? I mean, you know, guys like Myers Leonard and Ian Mahini down towards the bottom end if you want to, but, you know, it's not anything sexy that I'm really looking at. Uh, Clint Capella's price is coming up. You know, I know he's somebody that people have been using. I mean, like I said, if I'm going cheap, I'm going Noah. If I'm paying up, if I got the money, I'm probably going to go to DeMarcus Cousins. The only other question for me is really, is there anybody in the middle? But, you know, I'm not really on Vucevic, haven't really played Howard much. You know, DeAndre Jordan is an interesting option. But, again, he's just another guy that I, I just don't like playing. I mean, I know he has some big rebounding numbers, but, you know, not somebody I really love. All right, fair enough for me. That's I think we can just sort of um, call it there. We've covered a good amount of options there as well. Uh, so thanks for listening to the RotoWire DFS podcast. Don't forget you can don't forget you can always subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a five star review and let us know that you enjoy the show. You can always um, catch Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and you can send all your comments, complaints, and questions to me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS. Thanks to all of us uh, for everyone for listening throughout the week and we'll see you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.